Good morning, everybody. I am incredibly grateful uh, to be with you this morning. I'll tell you, I'll just be transparent with you. This morning, this Sunday, it, it feels like second Easter to me. It, fe- it feels like second Easter to me um, because, because of, uh, of the theme of the week. I don't know if you've noticed this. Um, but every week, the worship team, maybe I'm giving too much away, the worship team has had a different theme that, that they run with, right? That, so that they can coordinate uh, uh, their outfits. This week, I was thrilled when I got the text from Rev. He said, Pastor, it's happening. And as a pastor, you get all kinds of texts like that, and you have trauma from that. So I was really scared at first. I was like, what's happening? He said, Sweatsuit Sunday. I said, Sweatsuit Sunday. I'm already ready. All I needed was an excuse to wear sweatpants while I preach. Sweatsuit Sunday, where we lead it, how you watch it. I'm pleased. I'm pleased to be here with you uh, this morning. Before we get into the word, this is the point of our service where our worship looks a little bit different. At right now, I want to encourage you uh, to participate in worship uh, through your tithes and your offerings. Uh, if, you're on, if you're on Facebook Live, this link will be in, in the chat. If you logged on to our website, um, that, will be, um, that will be on the website. There's a link on the website. Um, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to, while you do that, bring you up to speed on a few things. You may have noticed uh, over the past few days a few shifts in how we're doing these live services. Obviously, we're still here on Facebook Live, um, but as you, as you now know, um, we no longer are broadcasting on Church Gather Online. Instead, we have moved everything over to our YouTube channel, so you may be tuning into this for the very first time uh, on YouTube. If that's you, uh, welcome. Welcome, welcome via, via YouTube. And of course, we've often gotten uh, lots of requests about this or lots of questions and comments about this. So as you may be noticing right now on your car ride uh, to work or, or, or to wherever, that you can now listen to this on Apple and Spotify podcasts. So that is very exciting to be back on those platforms. And as always, if all of this is just super confusing to you, you can't keep up. Pastor, there's too many changes. It's a pandemic. I got other stuff to worry about than to try to keep up with your lives. You can always check out our catch-all for everything, which is thirdstreetchurch.com. We will always live on thirdstreetchurch.com. Would you join me in prayer as we uh, get into the word this morning? Father God, Father God, from whom we receive our inspiration. God, from whom we receive revelation. Lord, it is your will that in this time we would hear from you. So Lord, we ask that you would limit our distractions. Lord, we ask that our hearts and our minds would be wide open to you. And Lord, let not one of us log off this morning without knowing full well that the God of the universe and the creator of all things has spoken directly and intimately to us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And all who believe say, bless up. So it's a bittersweet week. Bittersweet week. Um, This is this morning the close of our series that we've been in since the beginning of the year called God Talk. 
We've been talking about how we know the voice of God. We've been talking about how we hear from the voice of God. We've been talking about how we speak to the voice of God. And last week we got into how we abide in the voice of God. We've come so far in learning all of this great stuff that this week I want to be sure and I want to be clear about how we apply our learning. This week I want to make sure that we begin to take our positions as believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ very seriously as to how we make known or make heard the voice of God to others. How? Pastor, I've been experiencing the voice of God maybe for the first time ever. I, I I have heard from God. He is beginning to speak so clearly to me, or I should say I'm beginning to listen so intently. I wish everybody could hear this. I want to share this with those around me. Well, the good news is this morning that's exactly what we want to get into. How do we make the voice of God heard to those around you? Here's a little tease. The answers may surprise you. You can join me this morning in the book of James. It's going to be in the New Testament. It's actually going to be towards the very end of your Bibles if you have a physical copy. Uh, If you are on an app or you're scrolling on your phone, go ahead and scroll pretty close to the very bottom to the book of James. We're going to be in chapter 1. We're going to begin our time this morning in verse 19. Starting in verse 19, James 1, verse 19, and we're going to read through the end of the chapter. James says this, Know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not brittle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religious is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, And to keep oneself unstained from the world. It's no secret, if you've known me for any amount of time, or if you can just make the logical jump to my childhood, that I am, uh, or I wrestled as a child with being a bit of a loudmouth, you might say. Um, My words, the things that I would say, oftentimes got me in trouble. And to be completely honest with you, to be super transparent, I can live with that. Right? If, 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 if you said something to me or you did something to me that I didn't like, and as a child in my childhood anger, I, I spoke back to you in a way that was disrespectful, and then consequences came my way, I can live with that. Because you know what? I did it. I said it. 
I absolutely spoke out of turn and out of place. And so I deserve the consequence. But the one thing, the one thing about that that I could not stand is when you would get in trouble for what you didn't say. Or you would get in trouble for how you held your tongue. Maybe this was just me. But I would often get, get, get scolded for something and I would focus so hard on not saying anything that I would lose sight of how expressive I was being outside of my words. The subtle eye rolls, the, the, the deep sighs, the shoulder, the shoulder shrugs got me instantly put in my room and I couldn't stand it. I didn't say anything. You didn't have to. I could see it on your face, your disrespectful face. How's my face disrespectful? Go look in the mirror. That would follow me into my 20s when people would ask me, why didn't you like that idea? Or why weren't you engaged in staff meeting? What do you mean? I was there. I'm physically present. I heard everything you said. That's not the point. Your body language, Corey, was slouched and you were looking off into space and your face says, I don't care. My body language would give me away. It would drive me insane. But now as a parent, as a father, I catch myself doing it with my kids as well. I get so upset with them when I'm correcting them or I'm telling them something or I'm, or I'm trying to help them and they give me the eye roll or the, uh, you know, like you don't have to say anything. Now I'm mad. You didn't have to say it. I know you got an attitude about it. Your attitude got, me, got you in trouble. Or the ways their body gives them away when they're lying. Did you brush your teeth? Yes. Well, then why does your breath smell like garbage still? Your body gives you away. What James is speaking to in this passage is that sometimes you ain't got to say nothing. Christians, your body language gives you away. James is speaking to people who have heard the truth. He's speaking to people who have heard and received the voice of God. They know what God has said. They know what Jesus instructed. They know how they ought to live. And you know what? They've suffered as a result for it. Last week, we talked about how God's voice will oftentimes conflict with what the world tells you to do. Well, James's audience followed so intently God's voice as opposed to where culture was leading that they were forced to scatter and run for their lives. And to them, James says, keep going. Keep enduring. I know things have gotten difficult, but keep on living the way that you're living. Your body language will do the ministry for you. Your body language will give you away. And then James in verse 19 begins to get into a little bit of applied learning. He says, I see you sticking with it. I see you wanting to abide in the voice of God. So here's what we're going to do this morning. There are three things that I want us to catch about us living in a way that makes God's voice heard. Point number one, God's voice is heard 
when we are slow to react. God's voice is heard when we are slow to react. James starts off, he says, be quick to hear. Hurry up and get to that part. Be ready, in other words, to listen. He says, which also means you will need to be slow to speak and get angry. When you look closely, when you look closely at the original text and the original context of the text, you'll see that James is urging people to to take the posture of not knowing. Be slow to speak. In other words, assume you don't know what to say. When was the last time you assumed you didn't know what to say? He says, be slow to get angry. Take the posture of, I don't know how I should feel about this. When was the last time you really took the posture of not knowing how to feel? He says, anger does not accomplish what God wants to accomplish, so receive instead with meekness the implanted words. In other words, humbly accept, welcome the thoughts of God. Welcome the thoughts of God. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. When we come to faith in Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is God's presence. It is God's voice within us. So when we are spending time listening to God through the Spirit, James suggests this then is what it looks like. It looks like when something pops off, when something's going down, we're ready to listen. We're not ready to jump in, engage in fights. We're ready to listen first. We wait to jump to a conclusion. We wait to jump to something to say. Because we know that the anger of a man cannot change another one's heart. So we listen. We listen to the cries of our neighbor, but we also listen to the thoughts of God that he has placed within us through the Holy Spirit. And then, then we will be people who can make God's voice on a matter heard because of the new posture we are taking. This is a big word for us right now. I know we are already taking this as simple and something our grandma has said to us since we are little, but listen, because we're not applying it. One of my favorite Twitter accounts right now It's called Freezing Cold Takes. Does anybody follow that? Freezing Cold Takes. It's typically about sports, but it can be about other things too. What they do is they go back and they find people's tweets of their opinions or reactions on something that end up being way off. And so after time passes, they begin to post how far, and so we can see how far off people have been is it okay if I take a moment to read a few to you this morning? Can I do that real quick? Let me, let me give you just a few. It's normally about sports, but, but, but here's one who's not for my non-sports-inclined uh, friends. Here we go. It says, January 29th, 2020. A year and some weeks ago. January 29th, 
2020. USA Today posts an article saying that the year of the rat, which is 2020, could be good luck for your small business. January 12th, 2020. Bernie Pleskoff tweeted, the Browns have hired Kevin Stefanski for 2020. A search committee is already forming for the 2021 coach. Kevin Stefanski won coach of the year. October 29th, 2017, Vinny Iyer wrote that Alex Smith has a few seasons of top play left. So the Kansas City Chiefs should trade Patrick Mahomes to the Browns for Jason McCourty and Deshaun Kaiser. Don't we wish? Freezing cold takes. Everything is about reaction. Everything is about instantly getting your thoughts out there. Everybody wants to be heard, and we want to be heard now, and we want to be the first ones to voice our opinion on something so that we can be the right ones. Watch how quickly when something happens, within seconds it's trending on Twitter. Go back and look at the shows that you've watched this week. I guarantee you're watching people talk about their opinions or their reactions to what's happening in our world. And this stuff gets us so worked up. We get so emotionally invested. I know people who are legitimately no longer friends because of a, of a beef they got into on social media over their opinions and their reactions to stuff. I know people who think less of some other people because of reactions or opinions they shared in the heat of the moment. And what James is saying is slow down. Slow down, maybe you don't need to tweet so quickly. When we engage in all of this, when we engage with our instant human reactions within seconds of something happening, it shows a lack of trust in God. And it often shows a lack of love for others. We as believers should desire to make God's voice known to those who are lost, but we can't do that when we're rushing to react. We can't do that when somebody upsets us and we give them our first response. But when we slow down, when we take a humble posture assuming we don't know what to say or how we should feel, that actually leaves room for God to work. And then when we listen, when we listen to his thoughts that he's placed within us by his Holy Spirit, we are then able to respond in a godly way. Don't rush to make our initial human thoughts known. Instead, let God's thoughts begin to soak in. Let it soak. And then we will be revealing ourselves. As someone who is going through the salvation process, we will show ourselves as somebody who is being transformed. And we will also be showing the heart of the Lord. And this next part is super interesting. It's super interesting because 
What James does not say is once you've done that, then you may speak. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say be slow to speak, be quick to listen, and then step three is talk. He says be, slow to, be quick to listen, be slow to speak, then be doers of the word, not just hearers. Deceiving yourselves. Point two, God's voice is heard when we become self-aware. James is saying, if anyone is a hearer of what God is saying, but does not then become a doer of what God is saying, then the only person you're deceiving is yourself. You're not deceiving God. God knows your heart. And even though you think you might be, you're not deceiving the people around you because they see how you really are. He says you're like a person who looks in a mirror, sees what they look like, realize what they need to fix because it's morning and you're looking rough, but then walks away and instantly forgets what they look like. Hearing what God says, but not doing what God says is like walking around outside like you didn't even check the mirror this morning. And what James is applying, don't come for me, not today. James is applying, there's a lot of y'all that's doing that. I'm looking at a lot of bedhead out there. I'm looking at a lot of morning breath. And those of you who are walking around like this, your religion is worthless. One of the beautiful things about getting into the words that God inspired or taking time to pause and sit and listen to God's spoken words is that when he speaks to us, he is faithful to show us who we are. The Lord reveals who he made us to be. The Lord reveals all of the things he firmly believes that we are capable of. But the Lord also reveals a standard. He reveals a standard that we're not quite measuring up to. And yes, thank God for Jesus, there is grace. But as the Apostle Paul says, shall we continue in sin so grace may abound by no means? In other words, should I keep on forgetting what the Lord has told me about me so that I can keep on testifying how faithful and how merciful and how gracious the Lord is to still love a misguided, easy to sway, deceived and deceiving, ratchet individual like me. No. Be transformed. If you hear that, if you receive that, if you allow for the Lord to show you your blind spots, but then you don't adjust to your blind spots. You are only deceiving yourself. Self-awareness, I, I have experienced, is the most undervalued, underappreciated trait that a person can have. I see it all the time in the workplace or at school, right? Somebody who's very talented, somebody who's very good at what they do, but they have no idea how they come off to other people. 
Maybe your correction was spot on, but the way in which you communicate it, you have no idea, is completely offensive. Or maybe it's somebody who always gets stuff done, but they wait till the last minute to do it. And so then what they unknowingly create is a culture of stress and mistrust for those around them because they're worried about missing deadlines. There are people walking around with blind spots, completely ignorant to the fact and to the way that everyone else sees them. They have no idea how many people see their shortcomings. And maybe they don't even know that they're not hiding it because they don't even know that it's there. But what James is saying, what's so beautiful about stopping to listen to the Lord's voice is the Lord is faithful to tell you about you. The Lord is faithful to tell you all that he has created you to be, how wonderful you are, but also where it is that you need to go to become that person. If you look back at 2020, the Church of America showed its blind spots, didn't it? In many ways, the Church of America, Christians of America showed our blind spots. Some of us showed the world that our theology does not inform our politics and our worldview. Some of us showed the world that our politics and our worldview inform and shape our theology. Some of us showed our true ecclesiology. In other words, what we believe about the church. Some of us showed what we believe about the church when we said that we're a part of Christ's church. But as soon as the Sunday morning gathering got shut down, we stopped engaging with our faith community entirely. Some of us have been sitting in Sunday gatherings having God's words and God's thoughts read to us year after year, Sunday after Sunday, but we've never done a thing to let it transform the way we live outside of an hour on Sunday. I always say the, same, the funny thing about treating your salvation like fire insurance. The funny thing about insurance is that you never know what it doesn't cover until it doesn't cover it and it's too late. We have given ourselves, we've given Christ's church a bad reputation. We have turned people away from our doors by acting on our human tendencies more than we act on God's revelation. But the beautiful thing about the Lord bringing these things to our attention is that when he speaks, when he brings these things up, when he points out our iniquities, he's not doing it to condemn. He's doing it to transform. Let me ask you, have you taken time this week to ask the Lord what it is about your life that he wants to transform right now? Have you taken time to let the Spirit speak to you about the part of your life he wants to transform. Self-awareness says we don't just acknowledge, but we do something about it. 
And James concludes with this. He says, pure and undefiled religion, good religion to God is this. Visit the orphans and widows in their affliction and keep yourself unstained from the world. Point three, God's voice is heard when we do what we hear. I don't even need to break this down. It's as straightforward as it can be. It's right there for you. You know what the Lord wants from his believers? <laughs> you know what the Lord wants it to mean, to look like and be a Christian? is for us to live the way he tells us to live and to live the way he's shown us to live through Jesus. Can I tell you something? This is for free. This is for somebody while they're, while they're processing, shoveling snow or doing dishes. Satan has no answer for a believer's obedience to the Lord's voice. Satan has no comeback for that. He's got no weapon for that. Satan has no answer for a believer's obedience to God's voice. God is saying to us, if you've heard me say it, or you've seen Jesus do it, I want you to go live it. And James gets so specific with his audience. He gets so specific. If this were a metaphor, he would have said it differently. He was being literal. He's like, hey, believers, you want to know what it's like, what it looks like for you to do what you hear God say? Go be with the widows. Go be with the orphans. There are people right down the street from you who are in affliction. Go sit with them. There are people who need to be comforted by the presence of the Lord. Make God's voice known to them by being there with them in their affliction. Down the streets from each of us right now, somebody is hurting. True religion, James says, is becoming aware of your own iniquities and adjusting the way you live away from trying to live to meet your own preferences to begin living in a way that meets the needs of others. Maybe it's time some of us become more aware of how unnecessary our spending habits are. Maybe it's time for some of us to become aware at how poor our time management is. And we need to adjust so we can be with and love those around us who are in a time of need. Right now, right now, Canton, the city that the people of this church we say we love is tied for the second worst child poverty rate in the entire country. Not the county, I didn't accidentally add an extra R, the country. Canton is tied for the second worst child poverty rate in the country. That's why it ought to be more important to this church that we get our daily ministries, our youth and our sports ministries back up and running so that we can be welcoming our kids in before we worry about what Sunday morning looks like. I love you. I miss worshiping with you too. But the Lord is pressing upon me. If you want to apply what I'm saying to you, go love the kids in your city. Volunteer. 
Hit up KT. Call Leslie. Walk up the street to Darren. And say you want to help. We just heard last week from our partners and our friends at Rahab. Just a few blocks from this building where we used to weekly gather, there's a place that is welcoming for women who are or have been trafficked. And that organization, you heard them say it, that organization needs volunteers. Eventually, y'all, this snow will melt. Eventually, the cold will pass in Jesus' name. And our friends and partners at Habitat will need volunteers to help join the fight against housing inequality. Volunteer for these things. Spend your time on these things. Spend your finances and your resources on these things. Do not be afraid. Do not hesitate to join what the Lord is doing. James is urging us, you really want to be about what God is saying? You really want God's voice to be heard in your community? Then go live out what you have heard him say. Go and live out the things that you have seen Jesus do. Live it. Live it. When we receive his thoughts, when we receive God's thoughts, and when we let God's thoughts inform us about our proper posture, perspective, or behavior, and then let his thoughts skip our mouths and go directly to our hearts, hands, and feet, the Lord's voice is heard in the community. My brothers and sisters at Third Street, I love being a part of this church. I love being with y'all. I love growing in faith with y'all. So let me encourage us. Let's do some self-examination this week. Some hard spiritual self-examination. Where lately have you had a tendency to react too quickly? What is the Lord showing you about who you are? How can you adjust your tendencies to minister to the need around you? This, my friends, is what it means to be a doer of what we hear God say. This is what it means to make God's voice heard, to make God's voice known to the world around us. Bless up.